Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 56. John and Wendy talk to Don McPherson. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How's it going tonight, John? I'm doing very well, Wendy. Excited that uh, you have some new equipment. We're getting it <laughs> tested out here. And yes. Folks hear a little bit of difference in sound. That might be why uh, Wendy upgraded her microphone. And yeah. I'm super uh... excited about that. <laughs> I think you're more excited than I am, John. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to be a bit of a tech tech nerd about some of this stuff, but yes, uh, I, I have to say we're recording the week of, which we haven't done in a while in terms of when yeah. the new show comes out, really came, coming off just a tremendous chat from last night. Yes, it was awesome. Um, amazing. We, you know, we had over 30 participants. We had, uh, I think, close to 400 tweets when I uh, put the wakelet together this morning. Um, and just, I, the, the conversation was going so fast. I know I missed a lot. <laughs> I tell folks, I'm really glad that I, I try not to answer the questions. Obviously, you know, as, as mo when you're moderating and posting things, I have some trade secrets as to how I get things out and ready to go. However, sometimes, and especially last night, so much activity, so and a lot of new people, which we really always yes. appreciate when new people pop in. Uh, we had our friend Mandy from Australia was there. That's mm -hmm. always fun to have the international contingent. But I thought thought just a tremendous conversation on performance management, a lot of great insights. I think yeah. people picked up some tips, tricks, and I know I certainly did. And just uh, really appreciate everybody taking part. And if you didn't get a chance, well, the, the wakelet is out there. Those recaps have been awesome to, to yes. be able to go back to. I, I go back and read them a lot of times because like I said, even moderating, it's hard to catch them all. But, yes, it uh, is. <laughs> yeah. The next chat will be the 24th of March. Yep. And what we're going to be talking about that evening is breaking into HR. I think some of the folks that take part in the chat have been on the show. They've gotten, you know, they've gotten to answer the questions about how they got here, but uh, I think it'll be, a, I think it'll be fun to to, to have that conversation, to have people share kind of how they got here and, and to what they're doing now. People will, uh, those that couldn't get here last night, take part in the next one. If you're new, hope to have you back and yeah. look forward to another fun conversation then. Definitely. I think we might have to have a poll to see uh, how many fell in versus how many actually meant to get into HR. <laughs> I, I think we can certainly do that. Well, enough uh, talking yeah. about Chad. I, yes. I'm, also very excited about tonight's guest. Uh, Lori Rudiman was kind enough to make an introduction for us uh, back late in the fall and uh, had a chance to talk to our guest a little bit. Fascinated with what he's doing, but I will let you make the introduction and we will get started. Uh, very excited to welcome Don McPherson uh, to the show tonight. He is a polymath in training and CEO of 12 Geniuses. On the 12 Genius Podcast, he interviews exceptional people about trends and technologies changing the way we live and work. Don was co-founder of the HR technology company Modern Survey, which was sold to Aon in 2016. He has spent 25 years studying the employee experience, the attributes of great leadership, and how healthy organizational cultures are created and sustained. As an avid traveler and volunteer, Don has visited 72 countries and been a big brother mentor for more than 20 years. So Don, welcome to the show tonight. And our first question is always, what's in your glass? I am drinking a Sapporo. I was hoping to have sushi tonight and I don't think that's gonna work out for me. So I thought I would try the next best thing and have a Japanese beer. Nice. That's a good plan to me. Yes. 
Sounds like a good plan to me. Well, Don, again, I know we've had a chance to visit a little bit prior and you know, I know a little bit about your background and what you did prior. Talk to us a little about, you know, kind of how initially how you got into the employee survey, the talent management world, and then what led you to make the move from that to starting 12 Geniuses and really looking at how the world of work is changing. I got into it totally by random. I was living in Germany in the mid 90s and I was playing basketball over there and my season was coming to an end. My sister knew that I was moving back to the U.S. And she was working at American Express on their employee survey. And she said, do you want a temp job for two months? Told me a little bit about what I would be doing. And I jumped at the chance. I said, that sounds like fun and sounds interesting. I'd learn some new things. And the two-month assignment ended up being four years. That's where I met my business partner at Modern Survey. And his brother became our third partner. After four years at American Express, we started Modern Survey in 1999, and we created a HR platform, measurement platform to help organizations understand the employee experience. And in 2016, we sold that company. So we were at it for about 17 years. We sold that company to Aon, and I worked for a little over two years with Aon, always knowing that I'm an entrepreneur and I wanted to do something new and challenge myself in a different way. And so that's why I started 12 Geniuses. So Don, is there one thing you're seeing drive change in the workspace that HR prof professionals should be particularly excited about and, and why? The thing that I've been following probably for a decade or so is, is just the exceptional value that people bring to an organization or can add to an organization. And I really got turned on to this when I heard John Boudreaux from USC speak at a conference. And at that point, he showed the value that uh, organizations achieved through tangible and intangible assets. He went back to the 1980s. And at that time, organizations achieved about 20% of their value from intangible assets, which would be like software and relationships and institutional knowledge, data. And then the other 80% was tangible assets, so land and cash and equipment. And now it's flip-flopped. It's actually about 84% intangible assets. And those intangible assets are created by people. So with that in mind, HR people, HR professionals should be really excited about that because they're very important. Eff effective selection and development of employees, effective leadership, employee engagement, and sustaining a healthy culture, all of these things either make or break an organization and HR is instrumental. They play or we play an important catalyst role or broker in all of this. So that's the thing that really excites me. And that's what makes a company like LinkedIn possible. When LinkedIn sold to Microsoft, they were worth $26 billion. They had 10,000 employees. Quick math will show you that's $2.6 million of value per employee. That's incredible. And that's happening all of the time at organizations all around the world. So HR plays a very, very critical role in making this happen. Don, kind of flipping the script a little bit, and I've listened to your show and heard you talk about some of the things that you were studying personally with the, with the changing workspace. What's one thing that gets you really excited personally about what's changing and why that particular thing, what's the, what's the really big draw there? 
Well, I, I can't limit it to one thing. I'll I'll say three things. Yeah, yeah, I'll say a few things really quickly. The the first is what we're learning about the brain and how we can overcome its resistance to change. So, John, you listen to the podcast. If you listen to episode one of Twelve Geniuses, you heard Dr. Robert Eichinger talking about how the brain is resistant to change, and that has protected us for thousands and thousands of years. Going into the woods meant danger or death. Well, that doesn't apply in the world that we're living in now. Actually, resisting change means you're on the fast track to obsolescence. And so we have to overcome this resistance. And there are ways in which we can do that. And and so that brain research is really interesting. Another one that's really interesting is artificial intelligence. And we have heard all sorts of stories about artificial intelligence eliminating jobs. And yes, it will. No, no doubt about it. But it also is going to amplify talent. So the the best surgeons are going to be able to use AI to become more effective and to put themselves in positions to to do more surgeries or do more surgeries effectively. Top performers are going to be able to use this tool to amplify their talent. And then the third thing that is really interesting to me, and I wish that I had had more opportunity to use it, is remote work and remote talent. So I was out for coffee the other day, and I was sitting next to a woman, and she had just come back from a year-long trip around the world where she continued to work with her, her company in Wisconsin, and she was a digital nomad. Now, that didn't exist. The tools weren't there. And, and so that's really exciting. And the ability to tap into extraordinary talent from all around the world is now a possibility for organizations. In fact, I used a company called 99designs for my logo. And I talked about what I wanted, what I liked, colors that I liked. And then I put out this contest and about 100 designers submitted designs. And from that, I was able to choose the best one that I wanted. I was able to communicate with this individual. This individual was in Southeast Asia. So we never met, we never talked, but I was able to get an incredible design through this platform and, and tapping into this talent. And and it cost me far less than it would have if, if I had worked with one designer in order to create it. So that, I think, is is going to be a really interesting dynamic going forward as we tap into talent, you know, from another state, another city, or even another country. I want to expand a little bit on that if, if we could, or, or want to ask, so you mentioned the, the change piece and that, you know, we are wired. And yes, I did hear you talk to the good doctor about brain wiring and, and and what have you. You know, you do a lot of speaking and you're out there meeting with HR professionals, business professionals, people that are, that are hearing you talk on these different subjects. How do you work to get people to be willing to make and accept these changes? It's hard, right? You know, in other words, to your point, AI is here and it, it has changed things. It, it has taken jobs. It's going to create jobs elsewhere and, and shift things. How do you go about and how do you, how would you recommend to HR professionals that are going to be dealing with some of these things? How do you get folks to, to buy in and make those changes? There are two paths. One is that we have to deal with the individual and every individual has a different level of change readiness. So if you're looking at the individual level, the one thing that I say is you have to become comfortable getting uncomfortable or, you know, this is just something that is 
is absolutely required now. And so I talk, you know, a little bit tongue in cheek about taking an ice bath and, and people laugh about that. You know, that's something that I've done. And it's absolutely a miserable experience. But, you know, I mean, like just push yourself a little bit to a limit. Maybe you you travel to a country where you you don't speak the language, you know, just get out of your comfort zone or, you know, if that's outside of your financial limits, volunteer at a at a food shelf or, you know, go go to a restaurant that's in a part of town that you're not familiar with. Take a different way home, you know, just start getting out of your comfort zone. And the other thing that's absolutely critical is to be a continuous learner, a continual learner. And this this is a must. And there are so many different platforms out there for people to be able to learn. And they're mostly free. YouTube is an incredible, incredible tool for learning about different topics and, and learning new skills. There are, there are MOOCs, there are online courses that you can take. You know, there are times when I sit in, in bed in the morning with my daughter and she's learning French and we go on an app and within three or four minutes, she's learned three or four new words. And, you know, just immersing yourself, learning new things is absolutely critical. As an organization, there are ways in which you can measure the change readiness of a business unit or uh, the entire company and understanding where people are in, on the change readiness scale. Do they understand the changes that are necessary? Are they emotionally ready to accept them? Do they have the ability to change, change their behaviors? And then ultimately, do they intend to change? And HR can play a very significant role in helping the CEO and the executive team understand where the organization is. And then leaders need to have conversations with individuals to, to understand where they are and encourage them to get out of their comfort zone and to, to become continuous learners. But, but those, are, those are the things that we're typically recommending that individuals and organizations do. Get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. I think that's just such the mantra now. <laughs> it, it, it is. It, it is. And it's good that, that we are expanding and, and learning more things. You know, you're talking about being, people being remote and you know, here in the Midwest, as I'm sure you've noticed, Don, is there's still a lot of that we need to see your face to know that you're being productive. But as the technology improves and I'm seeing more and more people get comfortable with that, it just, it's so exciting because it's just going to allow for better work-life balance too and more options for everybody. You're no longer going to be limited by what's in your backyard. You know, what the thing that really excites me about this is I grew up in a small town, a really small town in, in Northern Minnesota. And I've seen that town over the past 20 or 30 years really kind of decay. And uh -huh. a big reason for that is, you know, smart people graduate high school and they go to college and they leave and they never go back. Right. Well, if you can work remotely and make a nice salary, like a, a city living salary, and you like the culture up there, you like the outdoors, you want to be a part of a smaller community, that option is available for you. So I'm hopeful that small cities and small towns might be saved as a result of some of these trends in remote working. That would be great. So I have to ask, because I also grew up in a small town, how small? 2,300 people. Ah. 500. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is really small. <laughs> 2,300, that's not a bad size because you still have a lot of good amenities there. It's not just 
you know, a bar, some churches, and um, maybe a grocery store. <laughs> it was a great place to grow up, and I'm grateful that that I did grow up there. You know, one of the things is we had a great high school, okay. and we also were able to play three sports if we wanted to, which yeah. I did. And you know, when you go to a suburban school or a city school, that's that's not an option for most kids. Yeah, there's di- it's there's different options. Um, the smaller the school, and um, versus larger schools and uh, yeah I'm I'm glad that I grew up in a small town but I'm also glad that I have my children in a, a larger town where their artistic talents can be uh, better groomed than in a small town so there's there's pluses and minuses to all of it that's for sure so Don uh, obviously you host the 12 geniuses podcast and we love it and we love talking about podcasts because it's fun to talk to other podcasters. So let's talk about your experience so far and, um, how you're using the, you're using seasons for your model. And let's, let's talk about that a little bit. How'd you come up with that? Well, the, the podcast itself has far exceeded my expectations of, you know, just it's, it's beyond what I thought it could be and would be. And, I started getting into it maybe two or three interviews in, and I started to see a theme. There was a, we were talking about this idea of change. So the first episode was the brain and change, and the second episode was career change, and the third episode was financial change. So I thought, well, there's 12 geniuses. I'm going to do 12 interviews. I'm going to do the remaining nine around change as well. So I interviewed a CEO of a recovery center, and we talked about his journey going from using drugs to being incarcerated to eventually becoming CEO of this treatment facility and how he's helped thousands of people over the last 20 years. He's now 20 years sober. And so I've just continued on on that path with, with the season. And, and so I thought for season two, I would do another theme and I'm considering innovation or creativity as that theme and so i'm starting to book some guests for that but that that was the reason behind the theme is or the seasons is that i wanted to have these themes and really kind of go broad along these these uh ideas so change i mean there's just so many different ways in which you can interview people about change uh we're going to be doing an episode about climate change and cannabis and changing uh social or societal acceptance of cannabis use. And that's why I'm in Washington, D.C. today, is to interview a a CEO of a company that's advising other companies around cannabis use. Wow, that's really kind of cool. It it really is. And you just get, (laughs) you get exposure to people that you probably, you know, didn't know existed or, (laughs) or you didn't, you didn't have any idea around what they did. And so, you know, for for the energy episode, I had to do a ton of research around the electrical grid and mm-hmm. uh, innovations around electricity and and energy and renewables. It's been that that's that's the other thing too is it's really fueling me to to broaden, yeah. Uh, you know my my research and areas of expertise. Well, and I you know I know John and I have said this, and then with also with um, the HR Wonder Women's spinoff that we've been doing I just learned so much from our guests and like you said it's people I never imagined that would want to talk with us you know you we didn't had no idea who you were until we started doing the podcast and so this has just been a great conversation so far so very exciting love it 
Well, Don, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection, and it is brand new for 2019. Don, who was your first professional mentor, and what was the most important thing you learned from them? First one was a guy by the name of Dr. Ron Perrier. I was a teaching assistant at St. Cloud State University, and uh, I worked for him for about three years. Uh, He had a pool of teaching assistants, you know, sometimes as small as five and as many as 15 because he had a huge class. And he really believed in me and encouraged me and gave me a lot of confidence. The the Probably one of the most important things that he taught me was um, he he's gay, and he's one of the few or first people I met who who was gay uh, in my life, growing up in a small town that just wasn't talked about in the 1980s. And he was going through a breakup around the time that I was breaking up with my college girlfriend. And the thing that really struck me was how his emotional loss was exactly the same as mine. And at that time, I learned that love is love, and it's an incredible lesson. And so, you know, I have him to thank for that, and many other things he's taught me over the years. We're still in contact. He'll be, he's 79 now, so he's almost 80, and uh, still get together for lunch, and still talk, and still have an opportunity to stay connected, which is great. Don, who's one person that you've gained in your network in the last year or so that you think more people should know about doesn't have to be an HR person or learning and development, but you know, somebody that you've met connected with either via social or in person. They're like, wow, you know, think, think you ought to know who they are and what they're all about. For this one, I won't go with one individual, one person. I will go with a type of person and that's the young entrepreneur. I've been doing a lot of work with as an advisor for, these young entrepreneurs, and they're remarkable. I'm talking about 24, 26-year-old people, just a year or two out of out of college who have started a company, typically a tech company. And what has been so remarkable is that they're bold, they're bright, they're optimistic, and they've got incredible energy. They need advice from somebody who's seasoned, but they're just going for it. And that's been really, really eye-opening for me, refreshing for me, and it's inspired me in a lot of ways as I'm starting a new company. Um, the downside of this is that the the young entrepreneurs that I'm typically meeting are all male. And so, you know, I, I would like to get uh, introduced to some some young female entrepreneurs and just uh, just to get an understanding of, you know, do they have the same personality types? Are they solving the same types of problems? Um, do they have the same needs? But that that's what I would recommend is if, if you don't know a young entrepreneur, find one. Because not only do they need you and your experience, but you will be motivated by their enthusiasm and their optimism. Very nice. We're going to put out the call then. So those of you listening, if you know a young female entrepreneur, we need to get them in touch with Don for sure. I, I will say I, I did meet Elena Valentine, or we've had yeah. a number of conversations. I know she's been on your show, and she is quite, quite, quite remarkable, as you know, and pretty advanced in her company. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm always looking for new introductions to people. And um, if you know somebody, please send them my way. I, I bet we can find you some folks. I would imagine so. (laughs) Don, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? 
as I've thought about all of my mentors over my career, and there have been many over different, you know, throughout different stages, the one thing that they have really taught me is to be confident in my ability to find an answer and to give me license to fail. And so that's what I would go back and, and tell young Don is be confident that you will figure out a solution to whatever problem you're facing because I've been able to do it, but a lot of times it's it's prohibited me from you know taking some chances or pursuing different opportunities. Donna, you talked a little bit about especially working with young entrepreneurs and me really enjoying that. How else do you enjoy giving back to the you know the HR community, the the changing workspace community? How how do you like to do that? One of the things that I've done is an incredible amount of research. When I was at Modern Survey, we did surveys twice annually of of the uh, U.S. workforce, and so we would always turn over our data and our research to the HR community and and some of our insights around what employees are feeling and what HR can do about it. So I've loved doing that, and I've probably done about 200 or so webinars over the years, um, free webinars always. The podcast, I think, is another opportunity uh, to give back to the HR community and expose them to different things, different ideas, new innovations. And then the, the last way is mentoring young people. I would imagine that over the past 10 or 15 years, I've been tapped maybe two or 300 times by somebody who is a recent graduate and they just ask for an hour of time, a cup of coffee or, or lunch. And maybe on one hand, I can count how many times I've said no, that I don't have time. So I just really, really enjoy meeting with young people, sharing some of the things that I've learned and hopefully, you know, providing them with some wisdom, but they always feed me and fuel my soul too. Um, so there's, there's definitely a symbiotic relationship there. Don, what's your favorite movie? Pulp Fiction. Oh. I don't think we've gotten that one yet. I don't think we have. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I was living in Germany when that came out. I came back and a buddy of mine said, you got to check this out. We <laughs> rented it. We watched it. I was blown away. I went home and rented it and watched it again that night. <laughs> How about your favorite musician or band? Favorite living musician is um, hip hop artist out of Minneapolis named Brother Ali. And hopefully he will be a 12 Geniuses podcast guest in season two. Uh, favorite all-time musician is James Brown, hands down. How about a favorite TV show? It's a toss-up between Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld. Oh, classic. <laughs> I haven't I been watching a whole lot of television uh, over the last 10 years or so. I, I hate to say a TV show in the 80s is a classic, but it is. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. Don, we, I always look for connection. I have to say, when I look back at my college years, the I think it was what the James Brown 20 Greatest Party Hits, I think was the name of that album. It was like all the greatest hits came out oh. like in 89, 90. That was like, that was in constant rotation. So I can certainly appreciate that. In fact, <laughs> was just watching the blues brothers this weekend. It's one of those movies when it's somewhere I will find it. And my 16 year old's a big fan too. And so we sat down and watched Reverend Cleophas for a little bit on Amazon. That's always a, a good, a good time. Having said all that, if you're not listening to 
local rappers, which I think it's amazing. You have a rapper on your podcast. That's super cool. Or not watching Curb and Seinfeld or Pulp Fiction. What else do you like to do outside of work? Well, as as I've mentioned to you, John, I, I've got two young daughters, a three-year-old and an eight-month-old. I love spending time with them. They're just so much fun and energy. And uh, when we're not hanging out together, I love to travel, love to travel for work or personal travel. We're actually leaving on Wednesday as a family, taking the three-year-old and the eight-month-old to France for about 12 days. Um, absolutely love to travel. I've been to all 50 states and you know, over 70 countries. And then I love to read. So this year I'm trying to read a book a week and I've been successful with that and just expose myself to new ideas, new things, new authors. That, that pretty much fills the days. <laughs> uh, that would that's, that's all. <laughs> that's all. Uh, that's it. No problem. No biggie. <laughs> so Don, if you weren't studying the workplace, what do you think you'd be doing professionally? I was going to be a professor and a history professor. That's one of the reasons why I moved to Germany in the 90s is to learn German and to learn French. But I, in hindsight, probably be a photojournalist and travel the world and help people tell stories. I can nice. say I don't think we've had photojournalists come up no. either, Don. I, no. Uh, I, and, and having said all that, I, I'm Glad you didn't go that route because we probably wouldn't be talking to you this evening. And right. first again, thank Lori for making the introduction. I have yes. really gotten to be a fan of your show. I really appreciate what you're doing out there and glad that we've been able to make this connection. I'm sure some of our listeners aren't familiar with you, but now that now that they've heard you here, they're going to want to start following and listening. Tell us how you can how they can find you out there. The two easiest ways are to go to LinkedIn, look up Don McPherson. That's M-A-C. P-H-E-R-S-O-N, and 12 Geniuses. So if you do a search on that, you'll find me on LinkedIn. And then just go to 12geniuses.com. We have all our podcast episodes up there. You can subscribe to whatever platform you want, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever, or listen from the website. Those are the two best ways. And thank you both for having me as, as one of your guests. I'm truly honored. This has been a lot of fun. We will we will definitely put that in the show notes. And uh, Wendy, what's the best way for the listeners to reach you? Best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter, 7 p.m. Eastern time at our monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? You go to hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Up on the left-hand side, you'll see three little lines. Click on those has links to all my social contacts and how to find me. And if you're there and you find this episode or maybe an, uh, an episode you hadn't listened to before, you can download directly. Again, listen, rate, and review. We always appreciate those of you boosting the signal and, and listening and taking part. So again, Don, thanks for being with us tonight. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.